Hello, everyone, and welcome to Full Time, where we take you around the world of soccer locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. Full Time is presented by The Game Sports Show and powered by The Game Entertainment and Media. You are listening to Season 3, Episode 9 of Full Time. I am your host, Daniel Scarpino, and with me is our co-host, Gaetano Gallo. Before we begin today's show, Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. With their two locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, you can download and access the Pizza Portal app so you can enjoy a delicious hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. We remind our listeners that recordings of Full Time occur weekly or bi-weekly. Uploads to all of our platforms for public viewing and listening occur weekly or bi-weekly as well. Folks, we are delighted to be back with you here on Full Time. Talking about the beautiful game is something that we definitely always look forward to. Gee, we're here together on this Sunday evening, and I'm very excited for today's show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Scarps. How are you? Life is good, G. I appreciate it. I just actually got back from the field, first outdoor game of the year. We had a little friendly, so definitely excited. And more than that, I'm excited for, uh, for what we're going to be discussing here today because we definitely have some cool stuff that we're going to get into. In today's show, we will be discussing the Champions League, the Europa League semifinals, Europe's, uh, big, my pardon, Europe's Big Five, local soccer, and regional soccer as well. As always, if anyone would like to listen to our previous content, please check us out at Full Time on the Game Sports Show. And without further ado, Gaetano, and to everyone who has taken the time to tune in here today, let's kick off. We begin today's show by delving into the Champions League semifinals. As we are on the verge of these games kicking off, G, how excited are you, number one, as a City fan, and number two, as a fan of this wonderful competition? So I'll start as a fan of the competition, because these two ties that we have for the semifinals are probably two of the best um, I've seen in my lifetime. Obviously, City Madrid, a rematch of last year's semifinal, two of the heavyweights and favorites in this competition is great. And then on the other side, Inter versus AC, uh, you know, I always, I picture immediately the picture of Matarazzi and Rui Costa. Like, it's just, I'm so unbelievably excited for these. You're on about the one that they're arm in arm, aren't you? Arm in arm, yes. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, I know. And you know what? I can't remember, at least in my lifetime, ever two semifinals like this, when you got two giants, the likes of Manchester City, Real Madrid, who are going to go at it. A Milan Derby, what's at stake there? I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think everyone who's a fan of football, even if it's not one of their teams that are in it, because mine's not, of course, but uh, I think everyone who is a fan of football is certainly looking forward to it. So what we're going to do, G, we're, we're going to kickstart our conversation by looking at Real Madrid and your Manchester City. Two teams who are so well-renowned in the world of football. Manchester City is on the verge of a potential treble season. So they're possibly looking at the Premier League, the FA Cup, and the Champions League. Real Madrid is the most successful team in the history of the Champions League competition. They, uh, I believe they won the Copa del Rey today, was it? Yes. Awesome. So, yeah, they're, they're in good form as well. And this semifinal over two legs is one that all football fans are looking forward to, as I mentioned. Gaetano, first and foremost, what can we expect in terms of how both teams are going to set up tactically? I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, the first leg in Madrid, I expect Pep to go back to the, uh, the control, as we've been referring to. Where it's just, you know, don't play too many risks, try and keep the ball as much as you can, and obviously feed the ball to Holland, uh, and he will try and get that goal. Uh, I expect Madrid to try and dominate the first leg, set the tone early. Um, obviously, uh, some massive players, uh, offensively, Benzema and Vinicius uh, and Rodrigo as a front three is one of the best in world football. 
I think Pep's going to try and keep them quiet, uh, definitely in the first leg, and then second leg back at the Etihad, really go for it, uh, similar to what uh, was done against Leipzig, and then kind of flip the script uh, for what was done uh, with Bayern Munich. Yeah, I think your analysis there is, is brilliant, Gaetano, and I do believe largely that is going to happen for sure. I don't want to say it's going to be a tale of two different teams, but in large part, I actually think that it will. I think it is going to be the case of Manchester City trying to retain possession of the ball, trying to be methodical and break down that low block of Real Madrid. I think they're going to have to play in that way. And I think on the flip side, again, yes, Real Madrid might be sitting a little lower, a little deeper, a little bit more compact, and Real Madrid is going to have to take their moments to hit Manchester City on the counterattack, trying to play the balls in behind into the channel for for one of their players, one of their front men to run onto. I think that's the type of, of, of game that we're going to see, possibly in both legs, depending on how close it gets and depending on what happens ultimately in that first game. But uh, we, will, we will definitely see. We know it's going to be between two great teams, between two great managers, so a lot to look forward to. But second and most importantly, G, who do you have winning and going on to the Cup final in this remarkable competition? So I think as trying to back myself away from being a City fan, I think last year's semifinal was so, so, so close, uh, you know, going to extra time in the second leg and the Benzema penalty. I think the addition of Holland kind of uh, switches the favor to Manchester City, and I think City will go through. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I'm going to also go for Manchester City. I think I don't want to say that last year was a flash in the pan because Real Madrid did unbelievable in the Champions League, especially with the resilience and that they showed and, and the adversity that they had gone through and, and had to go up against. But I just feel like this time around, City are really going to have it within their grasp. They will know what to do. They will have the experience and they will also get through. So we're both going to take Manchester City. It's a tie very much that we're both looking forward to. You more than me, of course, but uh, we're definitely both looking forward to it. Next, it is an all-Milan clash, a double Milan derby, AC Milan against Inter Milan. Gee, firstly, how fortunate are we to see this tie between two historic rival clubs? I just, I, I can't put it into words, Scarps, um, especially like on this stage, a Champions League semifinal. You know, it's not, they're not just playing for the Champions League anymore. It is, it is pride in their city that they're playing for. Uh, it's taken it to a whole nother level. I can't think of a, a Champions League tie uh, not including City, that I've ever been so excited for. You and me both. And I mean, anytime that we see big games, we get excited for them. But this is almost the biggest of the biggest because of what's at stake and because they are so close and they are, in fact, historic rival uh, rival clubs. So we have so much to look forward to in this time, not just from a tactical perspective, but as you alluded to, from a pride perspective, everything is on the line here. Yes, to get to the cup final, but everything that goes along with it. So this is going to be brilliant. So for you, Gaetano, now, who will win and get through to the final of this competition out of the two Milan sides? It's going to be close. Um, domestically, they both beat each other this season, 3-2 uh, and 1-0. So there's not a lot uh, kind of to base it off from there. I do think, though, Inter's just going to edge it. I think they have a little more individual quality around the pitch, and that, that's just going to get them over the line. And I do definitely appreciate your opinion, and I totally can respect it. And the, the nice thing about football, we say it often here on Full Time, is that football is a game of opinions. We, we, we know that, we understand that. And my opinion was that Inter was going to win. And it wasn't until the other day, actually, we had another friendly, my team that we played, and uh, we went out after for a drink, and, and we were talking. And one of the guys that I play with, he sort of changed my mindset. He brought forward some information as to why he believed AC Milan 
was going to do it. So I slept on it. I thought about it. I thought about it some more. And uh, I'm going to go with AC Milan. I think it's just going to be a case of there might be one or two moments in the tie when they're going to pop up at the right time. It might be an Olivier Giroud. It might be somebody else that's going to be able to be the difference. So I'm going to take AC Milan there. G, you have City. You have Inter. I have City, but I'm going to take AC Milan. How excited are you ultimately for when these games kick off? Because quite literally, they just are around the corner. Yeah, I mean, excited doesn't begin to cover it. It's, you know, especially with the City tie, I'm so nervous about it. It's, you know, basically the biggest, well, every game now is the biggest of the season. Um, and then to actually just to, to watch as a neutral uh, Inter versus AC is just going to be incredible. Yeah, we're so fortunate for what we have lined up in the Champions League and what a time it is to be a fan of the beautiful game. A reminder to our listeners that once more, the semifinals take place over two legs. So two games, one home, one away for each team. And those games take place on May 9th and 10th and May 16th and 17th. G, let's pop over the Europa League where the semifinals are set to go there as well. Etano, has the buzz set in for you on these games, or is it just something as as a fan of the beautiful game that you quite simply are just looking forward to? I'm super looking forward to this, especially, so typically in the Europa League, you don't get kind of like top clubs uh, competing this late in the tournament. Um, there's always maybe a sleeper team, a Cinderella story, but there's four, you know, legitimate top class teams left in this tournament. And I think the two semifinals and the final itself are going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I totally agree. And the reason I say it is because in a certain way, I feel like we've been spoiled this year when it comes to European football, one in the Champions League, one in the Europa League, even in the round of 16, there were some really quality matchups in the Europa League. And as time has gone on, we now see uh, four really high quality clubs. So we're, we're definitely fortunate for what we have in front of us and what we're going to be able to see. Let's have a look first, Gaetano, at the first semifinal, which will be between Roma and Leverkusen. Gee, both teams have had good runs in this competition, but for you, who comes out on the other side and gets through to the final? But most importantly, how are the how will they do it? So I'm going to take Roma on this, and I think it's going to be a Mourinho masterclass over two legs. I think he is going to get them to shut things down, you know, play on the break, and get that one or two goals they need uh, to go to the final. In terms of how they will do it, I think that exactly what's going to happen get a goal or two and as as one of the guys that i used to coach with in rep soccer he always used to tell me when we got up a, a goal or two and it got late in the contest they're gonna be say shut it down i think exactly uh the way that you do here Mourinho's is going to do exactly that so i'm also going to take roma they're going to see that game especially in the second uh, the second leg i think they'll see the game out they're going to be really resolute really simple and they're going to get through to a final because ultimately that's what Mourinho does Next, it'll be Juventus and Sevilla in the other semifinal. Two big clubs with two very big histories. Gaetano, both clubs need this, but for very different reasons this season. That said, only one will reach the final. Who will win and why, my friend? So this is a tough one. Uh, I think Juventus has a little more individual star power around the field. Um, but Sevilla, they, this is just their tournament. Uh, you know, we talk about like Real Madrid, they just win the Champions League. For Sevilla, they just win the Europa League. Um, I think that that experience, that know-how in this competition is going to get what's going to get them over the line. Fair enough. And uh, for me, I'm going Sevilla. Uh, I think that this is going to be a case of, uh, it's going to be a case of, I could just kind of s- sort of see it in the pressers. You know, Mourinho is going to win his and Roma's going to get through. And I think that it's going to be Sevilla getting through. And I could see Mourinho really just hyping his team up 
And I could see him just being, oh, they've won it so many times and they've done this, they've done that, and we're going to have our hands full. I just, I can see the matchup happening. So I'm going Sevilla, I'm going Roma. And, uh, you know, we both certainly have a lot on the line here, but not more than these teams, that's for sure. We, the only thing we have to do is watch, but we're very fortunate <laughs> once again to watch these finals or these semifinals, rather. A reminder to our listeners that once again, the semifinals of the Europa League, which again is played over two legs, one home, one away for each team. Those are going to take place on May 11th, both games. And then the second leg will be uh, taking place on May 18th. Gaetano, we have two weeks upcoming here of European football. Uh, just just what's running through your mind right now, the fact that we're going to have, what is it, eight games, I guess, of just pure excellence. For six of the game, I'm so excited to walk. It's going to be great. For the other two, um, words I can't say on the podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll be saying a prayer for you because I know how nervous <laughs> you will be. This is Daniel Scarpino and Gaetano Gallo, and you are listening to Full Time on the Game Sports Show. A reminder that Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. You can download and access the Pizza Portal app for any of the two locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Have a delicious hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. Jeeve, let's move it along to Europe's Big Five. Things continue to get better and better. Seems with every day, Gaetano, that there is a new story to tell in domestic football. What can you make of everything right now? Yeah, this is you know the best time of year to be a football fan. The leagues are winding down. The title races are getting closer and closer. Uh, it's just been phenomenal to watch across the big five and even even some of the smaller leagues as well. Yes, absolutely. We can't forget about those, even though we focus mostly on full time on the uh, on Europe's big five. But yeah, this is the, the best time of year to be a fan of football because you get to see everything come down to, to the wire. And in some cases, the last day, which we're going to delve into right now. Gaetano, what we are going to start with this time round is Italy's City A. And it's the biggest of news to kickstart things. Napoli have officially done it. With five games to spare, Napoli are officially the champions of Italy. Their most recent draw against Udinese is all they needed to claim their 80th point of the season. Thus, it is now mathematically enough for them to say that they have won the Scudetto. This is the third time in the club's history that they've won Serie A. Gee, how big of an accomplishment is this for Napoli after 33 years without winning the title? Yeah, this is massive for them. I mean, obviously the squad right now uh, with Spalletti, what he's done, finally getting them uh to the league title is great, but also for the city of Naples, having lost uh, their hero, Diego Maradona recently, I think the city just kind of needed this uh, and it was just kind of a, a perfect fairy tale ending for the season for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you for that, for sure. The, the club went through a lot. They had lost some players in the summer as well to uh, being uh, dealt elsewhere and nobody really thought, including myself, that they would win. I had them in the top four when I did my preseason predictions, but I didn't expect the dominance. I didn't expect the quality of football. I didn't expect the victories to come time and time and time again. So they totally deserve it. And what a brilliant, beautiful moment that is for, for Napoli. We've been seeing the scenes all over social media, how they've been partying. Uh, never quite seen anything like it, apart from maybe when a team's won the World Cup. But when we're talking about domestically, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. So fully deserved for them. We knew it was going to happen. It was only a matter of time, but what a season that they have had. It's now on to who will claim those remaining three places in the top four. Right now, it's Juventus in second with 66 points. How things have changed there, I might add. Lazio are in third with 64 points. And Inter are in fourth with 63 points. Milan, Atalanta, and Roma are all just outside of the top four. G, your thoughts here? 
Yeah, this uh, the race for top four is going to be crazy with these last four games. Uh, a lot of those teams, two through seven, actually still have to play each other uh, in yep. the season. So a lot can change in these last four games. And uh, maybe other than Juventus probably sticking around, couldn't predict uh, what's going to happen here. Yep, it's all up for grabs now. We've talked about it a few times here on Full Time. Even with everything that's happening in Europe and what's happening in Italy, somebody's going to miss out on something and it's going to be crazy and, and somewhat sad, I guess, for them to, to, to be in a situation where they've had these brilliant seasons and then it might not be for anything really because they may walk away with no silverware or no European football for next season. So somebody will end up suffering, but uh, the race that's happening right now in Italy is incredible for not only what's happening, of course, in City F, but also for the teams that are remaining uh, in Europe. Let's move over to the English Premier League, G. We haven't said this in quite some time. But we knew that the inevitable, or it was going to happen, really. And over the past couple of weeks, uh, we would see that there would be some sort of change. That's what most people thought. And now what we can officially say is that we do have a different leader at the top of the table in the Premier League. And that leader is Manchester City. They currently sit at the top with 82 points with one game in hand over second place Arsenal, who have 81 points after their victory earlier today against Newcastle. Newcastle are in third with 65 points. It's Manchester United in fourth with 63 points. I just noticed uh, again after I had gotten home and uh, after my friendly there and, and I noticed that they had lost to West Ham today. So that's a huge knock against them as well. Liverpool, who are on excellent form, have now moved their way into fifth with 62 points. So they're just one point off of that top four spot uh, with Manchester United. It's not too comfortable for Liverpool, though, because they have Tottenham, Brighton, and Aston Villa who are slowly chipping away at things. Gaetano, it was a change at the top of the table that we were waiting for, and here we have it. Your thoughts first on the top of the table, and then secondly, the battle for the top four in those European places. Yeah, so City have had, uh, actually, I think at one point, four games in hand uh, over Arsenal. So we always knew that it was going to kind of turn around as long as City kept winning and that they would kind of mathematically end up at the top of the table. Uh, as a fan, it is nice to finally see it. Uh, you know, it's nice to hold on to the games in hand. But when you see, you know, Manchester City top of the table, it's just kind of a, a relaxing kind of thing going into the last four games of the season here. But uh, yeah, the race for top four is going to be incredible. Liverpool have really turned it on uh, these last couple of weeks. Uh, great run of form, five wins in a row uh, to see themselves into fifth. Uh, Brighton still actually have six games to play, which uh, there's a yeah. lot of points to be played for there. Newcastle, a huge, huge, huge blow for them today. Uh, probably could have secured themselves uh, third place, but probably will stick around in the top four. And United, a huge loss for them, a huge win for West Ham. I know we're going to get to talk about the relegation battling just a second here but a huge chance for United to go third, and they blew it. Yeah, and uh, I was actually talking to one of the uh, the people that I coach with, a co-coach of mine, and he's a United fan, and he described it to me last week when I spoke to him. He said, you know, I feel like United are running on fumes. And he goes, they just haven't got much left in the tank. And I thought to myself, well, that's a really good way to describe it because when you watch them play, it does look like they're grasping at straws a lot. It doesn't look like they have much left to give. And then I talked to him about the FA Cup, and he said that they have no chance when they play City. He goes, there's just nothing there. The squad depth isn't there. The players have given everything that they've had this season. Eric Ten Hag has been really demanding these sorts of things. So even with you know all of that being said, if they don't get top four, will it be 
a failure of a season? I don't think so. They won the Carabao Cup. They'll probably have some level of European football next season. Newcastle, I also agree, they'll they'll secure something in the top four despite losing today. They they played really well against Arsenal, I must admit. But I do have this feeling that Liverpool will get themselves into the top four one way or another. They're just uh, playing too good right now to not, I feel. And I think with the money that they'll spend in the summer, that'll bode really well for them next year. I'd love to see a team like Brighton get in there. As long as Tottenham don't get in, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> pleased, you know, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it's definitely a good race right now for the top four. And, uh, of course, for the, for the league title, which uh, will either be Manchester City or Arsenal. Time will definitely tell. The relegation battle, as you just alluded to, Gaetano, in the Premier League is reaching a tipping point of sorts. As presently assembled, Southampton remain bottom with 24 points. Everton are second from bottom with 29 points. Nottingham Forest round out the bottom three with 30 points. Just outside of the drop, do- drop zone sorry, are Leeds and Leicester, who, just the exact same as Nottingham Forest, have 30 points each, but they have uh, better goal differences than Forest, which is why they're outside of the drop zone. Gatano, it appears that it's pretty much down to five teams in the race to the bottom now because Wolves have climbed out, West Ham have climbed out. It looks like they're going to be safe for sure. What can be said for the relegation battle as we approach the final few games of this season? Yeah, so for the last few weeks, it's been, you know, kind of an eight, almost an eight-team race uh, to the bottom. But like you said, Wolves, they got their 40 points. They're probably clear. Bournemouth on 39 will probably get that one point to see themselves. And then West Ham with a huge, huge result today to get themselves within three points of the 40, which is typically uh, safety in the Premier League. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a crazy battle for those final two spots. I think we can both agree Southampton are for sure going down. I can't see them turning that around. Um but between Everton, Forest, Leeds, and Leicester, I could not tell you who's going down. All four teams have uh, excellent reasons to be going down. Uh, yeah. None of them have been very good uh, this season. And for a few of them, like Everton, uh, for a while. So, yeah, it's going to be a hectic last uh, few games of the season for these teams. Yeah, they're going to, I mean, with the likes of Southampton, we've agreed for weeks now that they're probably going to be going down. Again, it's not. 100% certain yet they could still survive, but we we realize that the likelihood is that they probably will go down. And then those other two spots, it's going to have to be a case of those teams when they do play. They have, uh, I think they have about what four games left each. It's going to uh, be a- four. Uh, Leicester only have, or sorry, Leeds only have three. Leeds only have three, right? So I think it's going to have to be a case of they're going to have to pull out all the stops and whatever that they haven't done this season yet. You're going to have to do in your final three, four games because everything is on the line. You want to survive. You want to be in the Premier League because it's not that it's a night and day difference to go down the championship because if they go down, there's great likelihood that they'll come up a season later. But this relegation battle is going to be nearly as fascinating as to to what's happening at the top of the table. So we'll definitely keep a close eye on that. La Liga in Spain has progressed in such a way that Barcelona fans can be pleased with. As they get nearer to the title, it will just take a little more doing as their gap at the top is at 13 points with five games to go. Barcelona has 82 points. Meanwhile, Atletico Madrid have overtaken Real Madrid in the standings, albeit by just one point. But it is Atletico on 69 points, whereas Real Madrid are on 68 points. Real Sociedad have fourth place pretty well cemented with 61 points. G, Barcelona are nearing their destiny and are about one game, give or take, away from doing it. My question here isn't how big this will be for Barcelona, as we know that it will be quite big. But rather, the question here, Gaetano, is how does this shape the future of the league moving forward due to how important this title will be for Barcelona? 
Yeah, this is massive for Barcelona. This will be their first silverware, uh, major silverware, since Lionel Messi left. And I think this will be a statement, not just to uh, La Liga, but to the rest of Europe, that they can win without Lionel Messi. Uh, it's always been kind of a question, especially since he left and their kind of fortunes have turned uh, around, uh, that they you know, couldn't do it without him. I think this is a, a statement season for them, uh, winning kind of in the dominant fashion they have been. Um, that, yeah, they can win without Lionel Messi and that they are still going to be kind of a force to be reckoned with in Europe. Yeah, and you say statement, I say significance. I think that this has ultimate significance for how things move forward, not just in the Liga, but for Barcelona in general. I think moving forward, as I said last show, there'll be somebody who will be really looked at in Europe as a huge threat. Maybe they won't win with you know immediate uh, sort of purpose, if you will, but they will definitely be looked at as a huge threat. I think this definitely is significant for them, and they are so, so close to doing it. So again, just like the relegation battle, just like everything else, we'll definitely keep a close eye on that because Barcelona are very, very close. The Bundesliga in Germany is closing in on what appears to be an unforgettable finale. It's Bayern who have now returned to the top of the Bundesliga as they have 65 points given their two most recent victories. Dortmund in second won their most recent game and now are in second place with 64 points. RB Leipzig have made a significant jump up the table from fifth to third, now with 57 points. Union Berlin slipped down to fourth with 56 points. SC Freiburg are in fifth with 56 points as well, but a lesser goal difference. Gaetano, we're talking about a matter of centimeters in, in footballing terms, of course, that separate these teams. But this race in and of itself this season has truly been awesome. We now close in on the final few games of the season. <laughs> what are we looking at here? <laughs> We're looking at carnage, Scarps. Uh, yeah. I can't think of any time that a major league with, you know, four or five games left could really be won by almost five teams. Um, this is one of the craziest title races I've ever seen. And even like watching the games and you can see the scores, like when someone scores and the table changes immediately, you don't typically see that at the top of the table uh, at this point in the season. So it's just been uh, absolutely wild. And the, I mean, the quality of the games themselves have just been excellent. Uh, I am so looking forward to the finale of this season. Yep. And this one will come sooner than the other ones. So uh, what's gone on in the Bundesliga this year? We haven't been able to see that in, in many years because it's always Bayern who run away with it pretty much right after Valentine's Day. And it's always a case of, oh, we know the foregone conclusion. But this year it's been anything but. So the fact that we have five teams competing for the title, uh, you know, I'm still going to stay with my pick. I do believe Bayern will win, but uh they haven't made it easy on themselves. The club haven't made it easy on themselves. That's for sure with the decisions that they've made. But uh, you have to give credit to every other team that's battling for the title because it's been so competitive. It really has been so awesome. Finally, in France's league, and PSG continue to make things somewhat interesting, I suppose. They have 78 points with four games left to go. Marseille and second have 72 points. Lens have moved securely into third, where Monaco currently holds fourth. G. PSG are, are, are making things a lot harder probably than, than they need to be at this moment in time. It seems that every time they create a healthy gap between them and second place, they let a game or two slip away just, despite the fact that they did win today, I will admit that. But do you think that PSG can afford to do this at this point in the season, or is it time for PSG maybe to worry a little bit, seeing as they win one, drop one, win one, drop one? Yeah, they really need to sort themselves out, both uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, uh, with Lionel Messi's trip to Saudi Arabia getting a lot of attention in the last couple of weeks here. Um, yeah, they just kind of, something. someone needs to say something in that club and just say, hey, four games left, 
get the, get over the finish line here and then we can kind of worry about this stuff. Um, they've definitely not made it easy for themselves. And to be fair, the teams below them have not made it easy for them either. So uh, an exciting title race in Paris. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think it is a case of, hey, let's get this done and let's get to summer so that way we can sort ourselves out because PSG, as big of a club as they are, as much money as they spend in these sorts of things, they're not in the best way. They haven't been in the best way for a while. They know that their ultimate goal is to win the Champions League. They're still far from it. There's a lot of work to be done at that club, but like you said, somebody needs to say something there to get them over the line because it should have been done a long time ago. I'm glad that it hasn't been because I've been I've been happy to see somewhat of a title race, I guess. But uh, yeah, something needs to happen there and probably has to happen quickly with just four games now left to go. Now, folks, it's time for a local regional soccer update. Local soccer in the Sioux is largely about high school soccer at this moment in time. Regular seasons are well underway. Games occur weekly from Monday to Friday at Superior Heights Soccer Field in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Games kick off at 5.30 p.m. And the final games of the evening begin at 8.30 p.m. So typically what happens is juniors will play at 5.30. Juniors or seniors will play at 7 o'clock. And then the last games of the evening are always uh, the seniors at 8.30 p.m. Women's indoor soccer as well is still ongoing in the women's first division with the knockout phases in effect. The cup final is just around the corner. Semifinals are taking place tonight, Sunday, May 7th. So quite literally as we speak and as we are recording, semifinals are taking place at the NCC. All playoff games for women's league are played on Sunday evenings at 6 and 7 p.m. at the Northern Community Center in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Regionally, and we haven't done a regional update on this show in quite some time, but regionally, the Nipissing Invitational Soccer Tournament in North Bay, Ontario, is making its return post-COVID. The Invitational Tournament sees the best that North Bay, Sudbury, and Sault Ste. Marie, as well as other teams throughout the province of Ontario, have to offer for all divisions of soccer in the high school ranks. Gee, how great is this opportunity for these young athletes to be exposed to, number one, excellent competition, but it's almost important for some of the athletes, as, as I coach at this level, that they get the chance in this tournament to be seen and scouted by colleges and university, not just regionally, but provincially as well. How big is it for them? Yeah, this is huge. Uh, I know there hasn't been a lot of travel uh, the last couple of years because of COVID. Uh, so for, to, for a chance to have all these teams from across the province uh, coming together to play each other, it's huge. And obviously for these kids... Uh, a massive chance to, you know, take that next step uh, and do kind of a little bit more uh, in soccer. And I think that's great for the kids. It's great for the programs that you coach in and great for the city. Absolutely. And last year was somewhat interesting, to be honest, because sports started at the beginning of the year in the fall, went to Christmas. Then there was that big pause because we had the lockdown. Then in the spring, they came back and some sports, they finished up in the city, but they weren't allowed to go and play regionally and provincially. Soccer was one of those ones that was kind of a hybrid. We had the league play. We played in town. There's no tournaments or anything like that, but they did allow for NASA, so regional competition, then offset provincial competition to take place. But now it's a case of everything is back where you have your league that you play in locally, you get to go to tournaments, then you have your NASA and your OFSA. So the fact that everything is back, it, it really is brilliant. I'm heading out on Wednesday this week to go and coach in that tournament. So Definitely looking forward to seeing all the talent on display, not only in the junior level, but also in the senior level. Definitely exciting times ahead for the high school athletes and just for soccer in general in our city. The Nipissing Invitational Tournament in North Bay, Ontario, kicks off on May 10th, so Wednesday this week, and will conclude on uh, May 12th, which will be the Friday. 
This is Daniel Scarpino and Gaetano Gallo, and you are listening to Full Time on the Game Sports Show. A reminder that Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. You can download and access the pizza portal app for any of the two locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Have a delicious hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Full Time. As today's show comes to a close, we want to thank you for making us a part of your day. Your support of this show and to us specifically, Gaetano and myself, is hugely appreciated. G, as always, nothing short of a great time talking footy with you, my friend. Scarps, you know, to sit down, watch a full day of football and then get to talk about it with you, couldn't ask for a better day. Me too. And the fact that Arsenal won just made my day all the better (laughs) because now it at least still gives us a... We're in with a shout possibly to to win. So today was definitely a a great day. Let's put it that way. A reminder to our listeners that the next episode of Full Time will be recorded the week of May 22nd, 2023. In that show, we will review the outcomes of the Champions League and Europa League semifinals. We will also preview the Europa League final, which will take place at the end of the month. We will discuss Europe's Big Five and how those leagues will finish up, and we will provide you with an update on local soccer. As well, we will always, on full-time, provide you with everything that's happening and all the latest, of course, in the world of football. For weekly content, make sure to hit like, follow, and subscribe to all platforms of both the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Podbean. Be sure to check us out at our website at www.thegamesportshow.com. That's www.thegamesportshow.com. For Gaetano Gallo, my name is Daniel Scarpino, and for tuning in to Full Time. We look forward to seeing you at kickoff next time, back here on the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media. Best always.